Welcome to The Abundant Life with your host, me, Brandon Kelly. Hey, welcome to episode 11 of The Abundant Life. Hope you are excited. I am excited to be talking with you today about John chapter 4. We're going to be finishing out this chapter today. Have you ever felt helpless, powerless? You've just been praying for a miracle because a loved one is dying. You ever been in that moment? I've never experienced this. You know, I'm sure I will, obviously, in the future, but I've never experienced what it's like to lose a really close loved one. I've, I've experienced losing loved ones, the closest person to me, uh, the two people, my great-grandma and great-grandpa, uh, very close to them as far as a great-grandpa and great-grandma. You know, they lived about two hours away from me growing up. But outside of them, I've never lost anyone really close. But I'm sure that you have. I mean, odds are that you have and, and what is it like to just feel helpless and powerless? You know, we do, we do things all the time that show us that we have some kind of ability to control our lives. A lot of times we, we have things in our lives, you know, um, we make plans, right? A lot of times our jobs ask us to make five-year plans or one-year plans. And we do that as if we have the ability to control our lives. But there's this man in this instance where Jesus has an interaction with this guy. He's a a royal official. All all signs point to that he's a Jewish guy. We're not really sure. We're not really told by John. But he comes from Capernaum, the city up near the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus is in Cana. And he comes to Jesus with a request. And Jesus refused him. He refused to go with this guy. This guy's son was ill, and he saw Jesus being in Cana as an opportunity to fix his son's illness. And so what would it be like to be helpless, powerless, praying for a miracle, and then you hear Jesus is close, so you go to him and ask him to come to your house to heal your son or your loved one or whoever it is, and he says no. What would that be like? I can only imagine. So this is what we're going to see. We're going to see John chapter 4. Jesus refuses this guy, but I think once we get into the text, we're going to see why he does that. So, if you have a Bible, or if you are on brandonkelly.org, you can find the show notes, or really, any of your podcasting apps, uh, most of them should be able to have the show notes, and you can have the the text right there. Unless you have your Bible, open up to John chapter 4. We're going to be looking at uh, starting in verse 46 and go to the end of the chapter. Then next week we're going to be jumping right into chapter 5. John chapter 4, verse 46 is what it says. So he came again, as in Jesus, to Cana in Galilee, where he had made the water wine. So remember, he made the water into wine at a a wedding. And that's, that's kind of like the big deal that Jesus did in Cana. So he came back to that same place where he did that. 
and at Capernaum there was an official whose son was ill. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea or Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, Unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go, your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. As he was going down, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. So he asked them the hour when he began to get better, and they said to him, Yesterday at the seventh hour, 1 p.m., the fever left him. The father knew that that was the hour when Jesus said to him, Your son will live. And he himself believed and all his household. This was now the second sign that Jesus did when he came from Judea to Galilee. I just think it's interesting that this man came with an honest, genuine request for Jesus to display his power. You know, he had faith that Jesus was able to heal this guy, heal his son. And yet when Jesus has, has a response to this guy, he almost rebukes him. He says, Sir, Sir, come before my child dies. This was his response. But he says, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe that you, unless you, is plural. So he may be, you know, kind of using this guy as an illustration for his point that unless you all see signs and wonders, you will not believe. I think it's interesting that Jesus does this miracle without a crowd. He doesn't have anyone watching. And he questions almost this guy's faith. Because what did the guy ask him? He didn't say he didn't ask him to just heal his son. He asked him to come with him to go to this house and heal his son. I mean, I don't know if there's anything to read into that, but I think Jesus seems to be hinting toward that. That this guy displayed not enough faith. I think that's interesting. I mean, the guy believed Jesus when he walked away. But Throughout the Gospels, when you see a miracle, Jesus is always typically doing a miracle for a purpose. He does a miracle in front of the crowd so that they will listen to him. He does a miracle to someone so that they would believe him. He does a miracle to (laughs) basically throw it in the Pharisee's face that he told the guy that his sins are forgiven. Oh, you, you think I can't forgive this guy's sins? Well, would it, would it be better for you if I showed you something you could see and make him walk? Because he's lame and he's paralyzed. And he did it. Jesus always had a purpose behind his miracles. And it seems as though for this one, he wanted people to see that he had power beyond the appearance. He had power beyond the appearance. In other words, he didn't have to be in a place to heal a guy of his sickness. Jesus could do it wherever he wants to. He has that kind of power. A power beyond what you can see. So you don't need Jesus to come to your house to heal your son. Jesus can do it wherever he is. I mean, think about this guy. This royal official. I mean, this guy had power. And yet he felt helpless. 
His job gave him all, sign, all, all signs in his job pointed to him being able to handle hard things. Pointed him to be able to say, I've made it in life. I've, I've, I'm a big deal. I've got a lot of power. And yet at the end of the day, when life is about to leave his son, he felt helpless. So it doesn't matter how far along you get in your career. At the end of the day, you're still going to be a regular person just like everyone else. You're still going to be limited. You're still going to be helpless at the end of the day when someone's dying. You, you, you're never going to get to be Jesus. <laughs> and I think so oftentimes we can get so bogged down with pursuing the next raise, the next promotion, the next thing. And, and we'll expect as if that's going to count for something. And I think I do this. You know, I've submitted a, a book proposal a couple of weeks ago to a publisher that I met in person, and you know I'm excited about what may come out of it, and maybe I get a book deal or something. That would be awesome. But at the end of the day, I'm still just a guy. And just because I have a published book isn't going to change anything about me, even though that's what I'm striving for. At the end of the day, if someone close to me is ill and, you know, they're about to die, then I have no power to save them. I still have to depend on Jesus fully for him to do that. And he may or may not do it. He may or may not. But do I have enough faith and dependence upon him on an everyday basis? That's my question to myself. This guy wants Jesus to come with him, but Jesus sees a lack of faith. I don't need to come with you, guy. Because what we see in the next in, in the next week, we're going to see that Jesus goes to um, Jerusalem. And that's the opposite way from, from Cana that Capernaum was. Capernaum, he would have had to go north, up toward the Sea of Galilee. Cana, you'd go south to get to Jerusalem. And he says, dude, I got, I got plans. <laughs> I'm not going to drop everything I've got just because your son's dying. And that seems very... Like, and just kind of rude. <laughs> but he heals them nonetheless. And the guy believes, and their whole household believes. And that's a good, that's a win for Jesus. And you don't have to go anywhere. So my question to you, as far as a response to this passage, is, is do we truly believe Jesus can, Jesus can do what he says he can do? Like, do we, and, and don't, like, I... You know, as you're listening to this, wherever you're going, like if you're on your way to work or you're just sitting, you know, sitting on the couch or maybe you're mowing the grass, listen to podcasts all the time when I'm mowing the grass, don't gloss over that question. Do we truly believe Jesus can do what he says he can do? And, and my caveat with that, a way in which to measure it, whether or not you truly believe, is, is what, what is it in your life that you still haven't given up to God? Like, what is it? Is it your behavior? Is it your sex life? Is it your finances? Is it your time? Is it your thoughts? 
Is it your attitude toward your spouse? What is it? Is it your attitude towards strangers, towards your enemies? Is it your attitude towards the other political party? Is it your attitude towards terrorists? What have you not given up to God because you don't believe that he can do what he says he can do? Because I think that's, that's the source of our, our independence. We don't believe God can do what he says he can do, so we try to handle things on our own, and we don't give up things to God, and yet we wonder why our lives are, are filled with purpose, purposelessness, why our lives are just frustrating, why at the end of the day we don't, we don't put our head on the pillow and feel as if we've actually accomplished anything. Or that we've grown in our relationship with God. What is it that you have not given up to him? And, and only you can know what that is. Only you can know. If you have a relationship with Jesus, then you know, you're going to be investing in that. Start to think about your relationship with God as an actual relationship. Not just this transactional kind of thing that we've we've just garnered up in the in the in the Western world. It's not simply as if you put faith in God and in Jesus and you get a get out of hell free card. That's not what a relationship is about. I encourage you if you haven't read it. Um, a couple weeks ago, I wrote four things Jesus absolutely didn't die for on the blog brandonkelly.org. And then I follow that up with what Jesus did die for. And I totally encourage you to read that. Because if, if you truly believe that he did die for what he died for, you can give him your whole life. Jesus himself said, if you lose your life, you'll find it. If you lose your life for the sake of me, you'll save it. But if you try to find your life, if you try to keep your life, you're going to lose it. So what he's saying is, you either give up everything to me, or you're giving up everything. You either give up everything to me, or you give up everything. At the end of the day, the only thing that's going to matter is our relationship with God. And so what are we showing to him that we're giving up dependence to him? What, what is it? What are we holding back? That's my challenge to you. Find out what that thing is and change it. If it's your finances, start giving. Maybe you can't do 10%, give something. And, you know, if you're listening to this and you're from the crossing, give it somewhere. Like, it's just give somewhere. If you think that I'm doing this for the church or something, this is for your heart. Give somewhere else. I don't care. And I know... <laughs> Uh, our other leadership would say the same thing. Give somewhere. Because Jesus said, he talked about money a lot. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. It's for your heart, not for pocketbooks. Never really about the money. At all. If you haven't been given God your time, change that. Start reading your Bible every day. Start praying. I love our I love our community group because for our guys we're we got a text message that gets sent out every morning. Hey man, make sure you pray. 
do that. Just start to identify the things in which you're not giving to God and start giving those things to Him. And you'll see Him do amazing things in your life. Hey, thanks for joining me on episode 11 of The Abundant Life. I hope it's been encouraging and challenging to you. If it has, would you do me a favor and just leave a rating and a review on iTunes or Stitcher? That would be awesome. It'll help this podcast get in front of more people and and hopefully help them also live the abundant life that Jesus came to bring them and us. So we're also going to be on Google Play here soon. And so if you are an Android user, you can check that out. Google Play is releasing podcasts here soon. So be on the lookout for that. Also, you can subscribe on the blog, brandonkelly.org. I just released a four-week-long audio course. It's four sessions of audio, and it's got uh, daily devotions that last for a total of 28 days. So all together, the audio and the daily devotionals last for 28 days. It's an awesome resource, and it's a ton of value, all for free. All you just, all you got to do to get it is subscribe. That's it. And totally tell your friends about it. It will help you grow your faith. And it's just going to add a ton of value to your life. So I hope you would do that. Until next time, hey, remember, give it up to God, everything, whatever you've got, nothing held back.